0: This is Power Players with Dan Clark.
1: This is a podcast interview with two renowned high-performance coaches, Randy Garn and Ken Jocelyn. Welcome to Power Players with Dan Clark, former athlete, Hall of Fame speaker, New York Times bestselling author, and high-performance business coach, where each week I bring you an inspiring message from extraordinary human beings who will share their secrets on how you can tap into your personal power to become everything you were born to be. Thanks for spending some time with me today. In this unique episode, my dear friends and colleagues, Randy Garn, founder of Prosper Inc., one of the premier coaching companies in the country and partner at High Performance Institute, New York Times bestselling author, speaker, high performance coach and philanthropist, and another dear friend, Ken Jocelyn, multi-million dollar realtor, former Baptist preacher, bestselling author life coach, and mastermind mentor team up in the studio to share their secret sauce on why and how to become a most respected connector, passionate networker, and amazing world-class influencer of the affluent based solely on faith, family, and service before self. Hi, it's Dan. Welcome to Power Players it's my favorite time of the day. Anytime I get a chance to come into this beautiful podcast studio and interview people who can change the world one story, one moment at a time, I feel it's a calling. And uh, today is one of the more special opportunities in my lifetime because when we can kind of hold someone in, in a high self in, in, in a high position of of respect, of honor. Of, of envy, if you will, having interviewed so many of the biggest name A-listers on the planet, it's fun for me to also bring in two A-listers, th- the biggest names on the planet, who also happen to be dear friends. And we have Ken Jocelyn from Atlanta, Georgia, here in the studio in Salt Lake City, Utah. And one of my longest, closest friends, Randy Garn, who uh, I don't know where he actually lives. He has his mansion in... In, in, in Utah County here in Utah, but he has a an extraordinary, uh, way over the top, high-end fishing ranch in Star Valley, Wyoming, and he brings top-level clients and coaching uh, gurus to Jackson Hole, Wyoming, and everywhere else he decides that he can bring them in. Uh, you've heard the official bio on the pre-recorded interview. Let me just kind of tie these two gentlemen together. Um, And they're not the odd couple. Randy Garn is one of the premier entrepreneurs on our planet, had a best-selling book on entrepreneurship, co-authored. And he sold his amazing company called Prosper, which was a coaching company. And then with his millions and with his influence turned into be the the universe's number one connector.
0: Yes. Mm.
1: And in fact... The quote that I heard yesterday when we were talking was by Tom Ballou. What did he say about you and a treasure map? What did he say? Uh, Garn, you're the treasure map to the treasure, dude. That's it. Exactly. (laughs) And because of Randy Garn and his influence in my life, inviting me to speak on on huge platforms and in programs, if you follow that trail of tears, it led me to Ken Jocelyn, who is a a former and current um, pastor. He's a devout, Christian, a devout Christian man, and yet he became one of the top-level coaches, personal life coaches, entrepreneurial business coaches on the planet. So it's no surprise that I have both of them in the studio at the same time because I want to have some interplay, some interaction to really dive into the heart and soul of what it means to be a connector. Mm-hmm. There's no one better at it than you two. And, and let's just go back to the reality of a Jim Rome quote that we've all quoted before. We become the average of the five people we associate with the most, which means we must be willing to pay any price and travel any distance to associate with extraordinary human beings. I met you, Ken, because of a relationship I had with Randy, who had a relationship with Scott Duffy, who had a relationship with... Brenda sure who had a relationship, and it led me to you. You invited me to be on one of your programs in Vegas called Grow, Stack, and Drive. You yeah. can tell he shamelessly wears on, his, he shamelessly wears <laughs> these these this
0: this 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 hoodie. You should have got one of these in Vegas. Did you I did. I should
1: have I should have put it on today, That's but right. then it would have made Randy feel bad because he doesn't have. He didn't ever have grow, but he had stack and drive. (laughs) Just kidding. Randy's the guy who posed for trophies. You know, he's the guy, he and his beautiful wife, Char, they post that they're that couple that stands on wedding cakes. You got a vision of this larger than life character. So let me just begin with you, Randy. What, What does it really take to be a connector? We all want to. It's all about a networking life that we're supposed to be living in, and yet you've risen to the occasion, and you're... You're the guy that brings Tony Robbins and Brendan Burchard and the Grant Cordones, which is really, really close to to Ken's heart. But they look to you to bring, to fill seats, to bring qualified individuals who are desperately in search of becoming the best version of themselves. How did you rise to that? How did you get that calling? Who tapped you on the shoulder to be the number one connector in the the world? I love it.
2: I mean, that's actually a really, really good compliment because I'm just a stump-jumping Irishman from Idaho. And
1: I think... That sounds like a country song. (laughs) I I think he
0: stole that. That's some of your lines. I I think he wrote that.
1: That that ticks me off, man. Uh, I'd write a song about you, but I don't know rhymes with (laughs) (laughs) stump-jump. You know,
2: I honestly, I think it all... A lot of it came from when I was younger and my dad would always tell me that people are more important than things and so I've always put my relationships with those people that I aspire to be like and want to like get to know above anything else I really have and I mean I don't need things like I love I have enough toys I have enough stuff I know what I like to do I can only eat so much I can only wear one pair of pants a day I love people and I think what what really started to click was I put a process together that I really don't care what I get back from anybody. I really, I mean, it is if something comes back, I truly, 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 all that we've taught, everything that we've done, I truly live the law of reciprocity. Yes, you do. And and I think that the big thing of learning how to do that though is you can't do it with everybody, but you can do it with those people that mean the most, and you'll start to understand who in your life actually loves and likes and respects you, who's in your corner and who's fighting for you. And so I think when I when I stopped giving to get and I gave to gave, give, I just give to give. That's it. And, and it changed my life. It brought me so much joy that I just love doing stuff for you, Dan. I love doing stuff with my man, Ken. And it's just, you know, and I think that's a big one is people are more important than things. The other thing is like, to trust—that's uh, our most valuable asset—and you, you, you have to do what you say you're going to do, and if
1: you can't do it, say you can't do it. That's so been everything. In the bio, you learned that uh, Randy Garn was student body president of his of his university, and obviously, your motivation wasn't to be famous; it wasn't to be popular for the moment. It was to be respected for a lifetime. So, did you inculcate? that give, give, give before you take philosophy, way before you got to college, or did you learn that while you were in service of your fellow men and women there on campus? Man, that's actually,
2: I've, I've never actually been asked that question. Um, you know, when I ran for student body president, I ran against my, my super close friend, Ethan, and we became business partners. I, I ended up winning, but then I, all of the guys that ran, I said, you guys wanted this too, why don't you join me and be a part of this? It's kind of like a team of rivals, right? It's just like, dude, let's let's rally. And so it happened then. And I don't know if it was then or when it was. I don't know if God made me this way. But it is like I just figure if I can help other people get what they want, I try to live not the golden rule. It's like treat people the way that they want to treat people the way that you want to be treated. I try to live the platinum rule, which is treat people the way they
1: want to be treated. And I actually learned that at a really, really young age. So as a mentor at college at the University <coughs> Leadership level, talk to us about Mr. Clark and his background from Harvard and how what influence he had in your life.
2: Well, there's Kim Clark, yeah. and then there's also Clark Gilbert. Yes, sir. Two amazing Clarks. Yes, sir. And Dan Clark, just for the record. And Dan, I was just getting there, coach. <laughs> and then my man, Dan Clark, who has more yeah. degrees than anybody <laughs> that I know. You know, um, starting with... Starting with uh, Kim Clark, um, you know he is just an amazing leader. He really is, and I mean the, the way I watched him lead um, when he was the president of that university. I was a student body president the first year. Elder, you know, Elder Bednar was there, and um, learned just discipline from him. He's one of the most disciplined, amazing disciples that I know, and just an amazing human. And then, and then Kim Clark coming from Harvard. Agiri like he is—he's the Harvard business dean, and they ask him to come be the uni- university president. And the humility that he has, and the the love that he has for people, but yet being so smart, he could have an ego, but there is no guile in that man's heart. And I learned that from him—that you can be a wicked, amazing, smart individual and still love unconditionally. And I learned that from from Kim Clark. I still, two, I mean, he's just two a, great
1: mentors. We become the average of the five people we associate yeah. with the most. Hey, how about Amen. Gilbert Clark? Um, Clark Gilbert. I mean Clark sorry. Gilbert. sorry. <laughs> Clark Gilbert. Yeah.
2: Clark Gilbert. Now, I mean, he was the president of the unit of the university, and now then built Pathways. It's one of the largest, one of the largest uh, online universities right now, and continue to just explode and grow. And Clark Gilbert is. The mo- he is so full of energy he just attracts greatness mm-hmm. his energy his enthusiasm for life and and the power that him and his him and his amazing wife are yep. I just he's a role model all three of those men are a role model as as to is another Clark in my life which is which is Dan Clark I mean mm-hmm. and I'm and I'm being 100% like this is you're here but your book the art of Significance changed me. I remember when you came and sat by me and I said, dude, I'll take 250 of them. Let's go. And, and I'm like, once I read that, but then I really got to know you on a personal level, like you too, you, you give and
1: give and give until it hurts. Thanks. So Ken Jocelyn, um, it's not, it's more than serendipitous that you're here together, here together. Yeah. And, um, The first bit of wisdom I learned from Ken, I saw him at a mastermind, and my buddy who was conducting the mastermind where Ken was was visiting and, and attending, had just attended Ken's mastermind in Scottsdale, Arizona. And if you recall, I was in awe of you and your reputation. And the first question I said was, so, you know, how do you become one of the greatest connectors on the planet? And you basically said, support everybody, and eventually they will support you.
0: Yeah. It's the Zig Ziglar quote, if I help enough people get what they want, eventually I'm going to get what I want. And it goes back to what I've taught my four daughters. My oldest is 26 when she was in kindergarten. It started when I would take her to school every day. I was fortunate enough to own my own company. I was a top mortgage broker, Georgia, Florida, Alabama, several years in a row. I'd take her to school and I would, every time I dropped any of the four off, I would say, okay, baby, tell me what a servant leader does. And she would say, Daddy, servant leaders put other people's needs before their own. They do things right the first time, and they do things without being asked. And then when I picked them up from school every day, they would give me an example. Daddy, I, let, I was a servant leader today. I, I put other people's needs before my own. We got out of the playground. It was super hot. I let Johnny go in the water line in front of me. So it was, just, it was modeling, knowing it's not good enough just to, to tell your four daughters or ask your four daughters what servant leaders do. But you have to emulate that and model that for them and understanding that you know great leaders serving leaders want something for people not from people. And I think when you live when you live that life, um, eventually you're you're going to get what you want. And you're it's gonna put you in circles. People go, Ken, how do you spend time with Randy Gordon? How do you get Dan Clark, who's the greatest storyteller Unreal. I've ever heard in my life? And I've been around some of the greatest preachers in America. I mean some Stephen Furtick, Jensen Franklin, TD Jakes I mean, I've been around some of the best of the best of the best. And this cat right here can tell stories <laughs> unlike anybody I've ever heard. How do you get around people like that? How do you get to know a Jensen Franklin? How do you, how do you get to spend time with Grant Cardone? How do you sit in Sharon Lecter, the co-author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad? How do you get her to your mastermind? We had a Hawaiian luau pool party, and Sharon shows up in a Sunday formal dress.
1: Yeah, you know,
0: and she, How do you get to sit in her house For two hours at her her dining room table a year and a half ago, casting vision about what you're wanting to do before anything was even there. Just being servant leader. It's loving people. Okay, so you both of you have brought up
1: the spiritual aspect of life, you know, physical fitness, uh, continuous education, and deeper spirituality. That's such the heart and soul of who we are and where we connect at the deepest constant level. And yesterday, Ken, we had an interesting conversation where you pointed out that it's easier. You've planted and started one major church, but four churches, as mm-hmm. I recall our mm-hmm. conversation. But you made a comment that I couldn't let go, and I want you to address that. That in our day and age, with people searching for purpose, recovering to the best of their ability through COVID and, pand- and, and the pandemic, you said, for some reason, it's easier to put a thousand people charging wow. big bucks into a business ship meeting than it yeah. is to plant a seed where you talk about, as Randy said, what matters most, which is what lasts the longest. So teach us what's going on yeah. and how you're circumventing that as a coach.
0: Yeah, the quote that I told you yesterday was one that I told my mentor and, and pastor coach, it's easier to build a business to a million dollars than it is a church to a thousand. Which is, which is, to be honest with you, is quite sad. You would think that it would be easier to build a kingdom because of the kingdom because it's not tied to the dollar. It's tied to, it's tied to eternity. You would think it would be easier. And people ask me this question all the time, Dan. They say, do you miss pastoring full-time? Listen, I get to pastor people now that would never set foot in my church on Sunday, ever.
1: Amen. Ever.
0: And I, and I love what I get to do because it's not overtly you know, faith-filled. People know who I am because they know my lifestyle. They know what I believe because of how I live my life. It literally is a modeling of my faith. And like even in our community, I've got Muslims, I've got people of, I've got atheists, I've got people of of no faith. I've got all types of people. And Jesus said be salt and light. He didn't say be pushy. If if you look through, if you look through the four gospels, the people that Jesus had the most mercy on, the people that he extended grace to. Zacchaeus, people like Matthew, people like um, Mary, I mean, like the worst, the, the woman at the well, the woman caught in adultery, who they brought out to stone, like, those were the people that he had an enormous amount of compassion towards. So when you take those three principles of being a servant leader, and you really want something for people, not from people, You put that in the entrepreneur world and you mix a little 10X Grant Cardone magic in there and you're helping people build businesses, it resonates with people at a level that because it's authentic. It resonates with people at a level that is very unfamiliar in the space that we're in today. So
1: what you've just taught us and and add add to the conversation is. is, to Randy's point, to your point, if you can invite someone in and then exceed their expectations, so they always leave saying, I like me best, when I'm with you, I want to see you again. What they're feeling and what they're learning is more of a truth-based, faith-based message that they didn't know they needed, but they thank God or whoever they believe is, it you know, the great master creator. Even the atheists walk out going, I felt differently than I've ever felt. I wonder what's going on in my life. Now I understand servant leadership. So, yes, this is a calling. When When I coach, you know, speakers or people who want to be speakers, I always ask them two questions. What would you drive five hours one way to say to somebody for free? And if they say I wouldn't, then that's not a calling. And the second question is, with the old Randy Pausch last lecture, if you had one hour to live, what would your message be? And every time I've been around the two of you, individually and collectively, and everyone that you introduce me to, is so intriguing because the conversation, no matter how wealthy these individuals are, and we all know some of the wealthiest, most powerful, influential people on the planet, when they get around you, the conversation never goes to money. (laughs) Even though they sign up trying to make the millions and learn how to do what you're doing, so you're on a, on a you have a greater calling. It's more of a tap on the shoulder God thing than maybe perhaps anybody realizes so good for you. Which brings me to another question. So if you are marketing, if you're if you're connect if your job as a connector is to fill seats with the motivation that you know everyone who signs up and pays the big bucks is gonna leave completely different than they were when they arrived because you know what the content is really gonna be about how, what, what's the magic sauce, as you said, Ken, to not scare them away, but to invite them in in a safe place, knowing that this is definitely what they're looking for.
0: You know, when I pastored, our mission statement was to connect people with purpose. Really, now we, our, our, our mission or tagline would be helping builders, helping leaders build confidence, gain clarity, and create community. But through that process, guess what you do? You help them connect with their purpose. It's the exact same thing. And so for me, again, it's it's I I live to I, my I have two superpowers. I'm a connector, and I identify and call out purpose in people that may they may not even realize is on the inside of them. I'm like, hey, I see this in you. Do you see this? And some people they didn't see it. Some people are like, I thought it was there, but I wasn't sure. And all it takes is somebody to give them permission to do what they've been dreaming about doing. So when you do that, and again, you want the something for them, not from them. It's easy to encourage people to be a part. And then, like I did in, in Vegas, you were there when Brad Lee was up, and, or not Brad, and me, Brad, Gary, and, and one of the other guys were doing a little Q&A, and Gary Breckis talked about authenticity. Yeah. The and I was stand- one,
1: The number one part of the law of attraction. We all think it's love. We yeah. all think it's service and it's authenticity, just to make when, that clear. When
0: Gary was explaining authenticity and I was sitting there, it's, I felt it was a God moment for me. It was like God said, I've connected you with guys like Dan Clark, and Randy Garn, and Brad Lee, and Sharon, and on and on and on and on, to connect them with the people that are in the seats. And and I love, it's, it is so, full it is more fulfilling for me to sit and watch a Randy Garn, or a Dan Clark, or an Anthony Trucks, or a, my friend John Maxwell, or a, or an Ed Milet, or a Jesse. It's more fulfilling for me to watch that and watch what's going on in the room than it actually is for me to be up on stage yeah, communicating exactly. with them. So Randy, so... <clears throat> Both of you are extraordinary
1: speakers, you're extraordinary personal coaches, you have an amazing coaching program, you, you, you have all of those things from the financial side. What do you think draws the biggest names to you? What do you think, Randy? I mean, if you just go to his website, uh, every, everybody who's anybody right now in the
0: coaching space can, can, I, can I answer this question right here? <laughs> yeah. I, know, I know I've talked a lot. Yeah, no, please. Everybody I got around, Anthony Trucks. When, when I went to that mastermind in Salt yeah. Lake City with you and Scott, yeah. Anthony Trucks called me on my phone. He goes, dude, Randy Garn is going to be at that mastermind. You've got to introduce yourself to Randy Garn. I, he probably doesn't even remember this. I walked up to introduce myself after you spoke. I said, hey, Randy, my, he, you you said, I know exactly who you are. I've done my homework on you. I blew me away that he knew who I was. What what drew me to Randy was the way that I heard everyone talk about him, yes, and the and the way that everybody cared for and loved this man, and and for that I was I didn't even know him and I was drawn to him. So I, I didn't want to answer his, answer no, his own I'm question.
1: Gonna, I'm going to give him a second to let that question percolate so he can give us a more profound answer. With my with my uh, observation of you, good bro, you are so busy. We live in the same state. We're only 40 miles away, and I'm busy. And yet every time I see Randy Garn is the same time I see you at significant events who have attr- which have attracted significant individuals for that moment in time for a specific reason. Significant individuals, we must be willing to pay any price and travel any distance to associate with extraordinary human beings. In order to attract an extraordinary human beings, we don't attract who we want. John Maxwell, we attract who we are. That's the definition of why you both are extraordinary connectors. And I just wanted to fuel the the pump a little bit, Randy. That's why the the biggest names seek you out because. You refuse to go to anything that lowers your self-esteem, that lowers your expectations, that lowers your standards of performance. And every single time I see you, as of yesterday, or any one time we run into each other, it's always a significant event surrounded by people who want more significance in their lives. So talk to us, bro. What's your secret sauce? Ken, Ken said it's your reputation. It's what people say way before you walk into the room. But then you never let us down. You walk you're the same off stage as you are on stage. But yes. talk, we need the secret sauce. My my tribe wants to know the real answers <laughs> to how you keep your amazing huge family in a balanced, perfect world with your beautiful, you know, partner, Shara, your your wife. I mean, I'll, let's just let's let's dive into the person. Pull back the curtain. Come on, bro. You got to tell I'm, us what the secret sauce <laughs> is to Randy Garn. I'm going to tell this.
2: I've never said this on air. I've never shared this with anybody. I've got an identical twin, brother. So just we've been seeing him all this time. Ken, it, what's up, that's with it, that it dude? Yeah, That's it. No, I have, I do have two sets of twins, which is which yeah, is like do. it's like herding cats in my house. You know, as as I thought about the answer and I listened to you, I mean. Some of it is I really don't know why I have such amazing friends, but some of it's very intentional. Um, I made a list in 2013 of the 25 people that I wanted to get to know that I love, like, and respected, and I spent three years just building a relationship with them. Though so it's like Usain Bolt; he didn't like run that you know that speed. He took he that was four years of doing it. So. I was, I'm very intentional about who I hang out with and who I spend time with. Very intentional about it. Um, but at the same time, I do think that I'm a trusted advisor because I don't share anything. I'm a friend. Um, they know that they can call me in a minute. I have some. one of them, somebody called me up and said, Randy, I just need some time. I just need to go fishing with you. And I think being able to be that person for some of these people that just need someone to like bounce an idea off I'm wicked smart I'm not gonna I mean I've done time I love strategy I love growth I love business I love business modeling but I'm also I also try to be a super super good friend and um, I try to it, I literally and I think about the simplicity of this is to is to love God and love your neighbor I truly do I literally I am a, I'm a son of God and so are both of you, and so is everyone that I meet. And so if I truly, truly love my neighbor, I don't judge, but I do surround myself with people that have my back and that I have their back. And so I, see, I try to see everybody as God sees them. And I always like everybody, I, I have four daughters, and I always say, listen, Grace, when, if you marry somebody, make sure they love God first, because if they do, they will love you. And I think I try to live as clean and pure life as I can, and I try to treat people with that same trust and integrity. And I try to do that the best of my ability. And when I leave this life, I want people to say, Randy Garn did what he said he's going to do, and he's a darn good man. That's, Absolutely. that's the way I want to leave.
1: Well, so far, one day at a time. So I want to inspire you on the air so that it's in perpetuity to, to author another book. And the, and the, and, and the template is called Uncommon Friends. It was one of the first books that ever changed my direction because it was, in my mind, the very first mastermind that ever existed. And it's sometimes hard to find, a little bit in and out of print. But the story is written by the right-hand assistant of Thomas Edison. And when he was, you know, his, his, his laboratory was in Detroit, the suburbs of Detroit, He would always escape the cold winters, and he bought a house in a cul-de-sac in Fort Myers, Mm. Florida. And by the first summer, Thomas Edison's neighbors were Henry Ford, Charles Lindbergh. Uh, I should have done my homework to remember. He was a a very famous French physician who created... uh, he, he had a, a, a wonderful world-changing um, invention, a medical breakthrough, and uh, Harvey uh, Firestone. Wow! Mm-hmm. Wow! And wow. it was—it's chronicled. Oh, it's a amazing. true documentation of the right hand of Thomas Edison, chronicling the conversations they had, mm-hmm. the mastermind, where Tom, where Henry Ford says, "You know, I've invented this, this, this." in a conveyor belt process of building the cars to make it accessible to the regular Joe and Jill in the street. But it sure is a rough ride. We have solid rubber tires. And Harvey Firestone got the idea to create and invent inflatable air-filled tires to smooth out the ride. That happened in a conversation during a summer. Wow. I mean, during a winter in Fort Myers. Never heard this. Charles Lindbergh, he teamed up with this French physician and they came up with this invention. But to your point, Randy, and to your point, Ken, one of the greatest parts of that entire book, and I've read it so many times, I bet I've given out 200 copies, is when Henry Ford and Thomas Edison went down to the dock fishing. And two things occurred in in that one event. Number one, they didn't speak for 45 minutes. And number two, it turns out, neither one of them brought any bait. It was about who they hung out with and the environment and the trust and the unwritten camaraderie that they had established. Can you imagine the conversations that literally changed our world because they would leave and go back to their business and Edison would invent this and invent that and Henry Ford would better our motor car experience. So that book is in the making. You already have all the ingredients with all the people you've met and all the people you will continually meet and I would hope that you would take that suggestion, which is just spirit, you know, sporadic idea right now. But I think the world needs what you have to offer. And I think that would epitomize your strategies that you pulmigate, that you, that you actually share in every, in every situation that you're in. So I wanted to do this on purpose. Ken, what one question would you want to ask uh, Randy that you've never asked him so far since you've been a great friend at this highest and deepest level? And I'm going to ask you the same thing, Randy, so you can let that percolate, percolate, wow. incubate for a minute.
0: What one question would I ask him? I ask a lot of questions. I know. I ask a lot of questions. <laughs> yes, he
1: does. I ask a
0: lot of <laughs> questions. Um,
1: if you have, if you have a question for Ken, Randy, you know, speak up while we're, while we're waiting. Wow, I, I don't, I don't get,
0: I don't get tongue-tied or, or I don't get speechless often, Um
1: Okay, so let me let me, let me let me rephrase that if I might. What one question do you continuously have that keeps you going in that search and find, seeking you shall find, ask and the door shall be open? What's that one question that you're continuously striving to find the answer to? And the same with you, Randy. And if Randy has the answer,
0: you know, mine's easy. Um, and, and I don't ever ask this question to Randy or to you. It, it's more it is. Can I really pull this off? Can I really do this, guys? You put this in my—it's not imposter syndrome. This, I know you better than that. Yeah, you but. put this in my heart. Can I really pull this off? <laughs> and and I promise you, it is. It's. Can I really? I mean, I know I can, but it's just the, it's the magnitude of what I know God's put on my heart to be able to impact business leaders, with, you know, building confidence, getting clarity, creating community with that 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 common thread of faith. And so for me, it's not a question. It's about when I get with a Randy Garn, when I get with a Dan Clark, when I get with a Brad Lee, when I get with a Scott Duffy, it, all of those things, Sharon Lecter reaching over on her kitchen table and grabbing my hand and hold, just literally holding my hand like a grandmother and going, Ken, you can do this. It, it's confirmation for me. So the, what question do I ask myself? Do I really have what it takes to pull this off? And when I get with Randy Garn or I get with you, what it does is it gives me the courage and the and the encouragement to know that I can, and the accountability, I can do what God's put in my heart.
1: Okay, before I get to you, Randy, <clears throat> that brings something that we both, all three of us understand. When we stand on stage, people don't relate to our perfections, if we even have any. They relate to our imperfections. They don't give a rat's wakazoodle if I've ever succeeded. They want to know, Clark, did you ever fail or fall? What did you do about it? What did you learn from it? So take us to that most vulnerable spot that, that, that keeps that belief, can I really do this alive? Knowing that because you do, you still persevere. You refuse to give up. Maybe it's because you know that someone in every audience is as hurting as badly as you were, and this is what you're doing about it, and therefore it's the servant leadership coming out Subconsciously, that basically says, I've got to do this. It's a calling because I can help save some souls. I can help save a marriage. I can help a kid from not killing himself. I can step up and be the hands of Jesus. I can do what is required of me in this position with the platform you've been given. Talk, take take us to a, well, a vulnerable a, spot, as yeah. vulnerable as you can be, to yeah. drag in the, the listeners and viewers who say, wait a minute, I can do this too.
0: Yeah, from relationships um, to... I've always, I've never had a problem. I've even been told in the past, you share too much. Like you pull the curtain back too much. I've never really had, I've got some stuff going on in my life right now that it's too, too early to kind of pull the curtain back on. But there's, there's been moments where, like with my dad, parents got divorced when I was eight. Mom moved us from Detroit to Atlanta. From the second grade, from sixth grade to my senior high school, I moved back and forth six times, went to 12 schools in 12 years. Dad was never really around. My dad's 82, 83 now. It was my – I was about 45. My 18-year-old was, was, was newly born. And I, I knew – I flew to Michigan, and I picked my dad up. We went to the Detroit Tigers game on Friday night, Michigan-Notre Dame football game on Saturday, the Detroit Lions and the Green Bay Packers on Sunday. It was opening day in the NFL season. But, in the, but I did all of that for one thing. I got in the car with my dad, and I was driving. We were driving to Detroit, and I said, Dad, I said, I do so many things like you. I, 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 my dad was, a, my dad was the, the voice of the Lone Ranger for all the Chrysler commercials in the early 70s. Big radio DJ. That's why people say I have a face for radio, right? Uh-huh. And, and I told Dad, I said, listen, I know that. Because even with, even with having three daughters at the time, you You regretted things you did or things you didn't do for your kids. and I remember having that conversation with my dad and said, "Dad, I want to let you know. I don't ever want you to lay your head down on the pillow with any regret for the rest of your life. I love you and I forgive you. And if I don't ever want you to regret anything you've done, that moment for me and my father took our relationship to another level, and that was eighteen years ago, and it's just it's continued to grow since then. So I think on the I think every great leader is not afraid to pull back. I know that's not my mistake. That's not something I did, but it's a very personal thing for me. I think every I think every great leader is is comfortable pulling the curtain back, going, guys, I, I didn't do this right. You know, I this this I made a mistake. This there's there's an error, and here's how I fixed it. Here's how I processed through that. Here's who I went to to talk to, and here's the outcome of that. So I hope that helps.
1: No, it does, because <clears throat> what it did is it painted a perfect word picture that we have some people who did not come from a, dis, a, a, a divorced family. Different difference between a dysfunctional family and a single parent family, we know the difference. Some of the greatest people. My mom was the youngest of nine children raised by a single mom on a farm in southern Idaho. I, I know the significance of that. So I want a, a comparison a contrast between your background, struggling with a relationship with your dad, divorced family, And Randy's kind of perfect life, you know. Two parents grew up, you know, with the with the the core values, the 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 Idaho rural values. So you didn't have that same woe-me opportunity, and very seldom do we actually get a chance to interview the perfect kid who had a perfect life who still is doing his best to help everybody else live a perfect life. So the question is a little different for you, Randy. How have you remained humble and non-judgmental, and full of this servant leadership love when you didn't have to learn these lessons through struggle, you learned them through a positive example, like, I can do that too. Teach us. <laughs> well... Let me me preface. (laughs) Too many people who make money feel like they have to make an excuse for making money. We have to live small so we don't make anybody feel bad. And so we're like, well, I remember when my daughter was, you know, not Dance with the Stars, but So You Think You Can Dance. She was the last girl uh, cut. And at the end, the last interview was, okay, so tell us your story. And because she came from a two-parent family and she had a cush life and she worked hard and had every opportunity in the world, that story wasn't bad enough, and so they cut her. They were looking for that sad story where, you know, this was so pathetic and let you rose to the occasion. That pissed me off so much. Let's celebrate those who didn't have that experience who turned out as that that good, clean, pure, powerful, positive superstar that Randy Garden is known to be. <laughs> He just wrote take us to the well, take us to the promised land, baby because you were there from the time you were a freaking uh, DNA. Well,
2: I know and I appreciate that. I, I really did. I mean and it is it is and, and there are people that grew up in really hard situations. You know, my dad was a high school football coach for 33 years and you know he could have went into medicine and be a doctor, but he said, I've got you know I've got four boys, I've got six kids. I want to grow men and that was his choice and I think like what's my choice um my mom was actually the one that gave me tons of confidence she helped build my courage muscle and kind of like what what my man Ken said is like dude who pumps you up when you're when you're sad that's why everybody calls me coach Garn because like dude I am I I my brother was six my little brother six two my other brothers were amazing athletes and I you know I was born with that three pounds two ounces and was in an incubator for months and like, I'm, I'm just lucky to be alive. And so it's, it's a little different for me. I've actually about lost my life a bunch of times. I got ran over three years ago. So I think I have a super sanctity for life, um, that I might not have went through some of the other hardships or challenges. I about drowned when I was three, you know, and there's been other things. So I just have, I have a very, very close understanding that I will, leave this earth at one point the second thing that I think helps me um with my life is again I was on the golf course and I was with a very 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 wealthy man and he literally is like Randy you know pull the card over I I just got to talk with you he's like I've screwed up I have screwed up so bad (laughs) I'm like what's going on he's like I can't think straight I've really really screwed up. How do I how do I receive forgiveness? What do I do? And I think that there's there's a lot of people out there that hurt that don't know where to go for forgiveness. And there's a lot of relationship, you know. There's a lot of relationship that that gets hurt. You know, the greatest sorrows and our greatest joys come from the walls of our home, own homes. But I also think the greatest sorrows and our greatest joys come from our business partnerships and who we hang around. And there's a lot of corruption that can happen. And and I'm going to be the first to say, too, like, I look back and I have not been perfect with my, my relationships. I look back and I could have been a better partner. I could have done this. But you know what I'm trying now? One, if there's anybody I've ever hurt or, or offended, I am asking for your forgiveness. Like, that's the thing. I'm trying to be my best. And so... I think that I have a very a sanctity for life. I think I have a close understanding that we are all sons and daughters of God in a big way. And then I feel like because of that clarity that I have, I've asked for forgiveness. I you know that guy that pulled over in the golf cart and he said, "Dude, there's a lot of people that literally like they can't think straight because they have so much pain." And so I'm going to just say this, like the greatest thing that's ever happened to me is an understanding of justice and mercy. Mm -hmm. A lot of times we want justice from our partnerships, justice, like somebody screwed me. I have been really, really hurt by a partner that took advantage of me that I thought was like my best friend. Mm -hmm. And that, that took me a little while to get over, but I'm over it now. And I'm, and that's, that's that justice part, the mercy side. I'm very heavy mercy wise. Dude, I forgive and I forgive and I forgive because I am imperfect. I am imperfect. But an understanding of the atonement and that it is real, I think we need more of that in business. I think we need to talk about more about forgiveness. And I even posted, like, you know, a lot of times forgiveness isn't for reconciliation. It's for peace, right? So in your relationships, in your business relationships, and this is honestly why I love some of the partners that I have, like Ethan and Brendan, I mean, Sam Maloof's amazing, like Keaton, like some of the guys I have, like have a deep understanding that it's all going to work out. He's not perfect. I'm not perfect. We're giving it all we got, Captain. And you know what? We put a little bit of that atonement and that forgiveness in our partnerships and our relationships. If we're all close and understand that, you can have great joy in all your relationships, including your business partners. That's the kind of relationship I want to have, and that's the kind of partner that I try
1: to be. So forgiveness, regardless if you think they deserve it or not, because of the old cliche, if you hold a grudge or or remain angry, it's like you drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. You've learned that. You teach it in your own ways. Something else that really Hit home as you've been talking here, Randy and Ken, is that I remember when you called me one night and you said, Hey, you want to buy a table for a thousand bucks to support this charity? Remember that? Mm -hmm. We didn't go for the thousand bucks or the free food. My wife and I had a conscious conversation saying it's going to be about the people we get a chance to meet. And sure enough, every single time I've been around either one of you, I, I make a new friend. I, at a high level, a significant person who thinks like you think, who thinks like we think. Um, interesting how in my 12 laws, in the, the book you referenced, the, the uh, Art of Significance, the number one law of the universe is obedience. It's, all other laws are governed by it. Mm-hmm. But the book in the 12th law is forgiveness. Interesting. And one of the great analogies that I know you've heard, that you've used probably, that I drew out in my book is that in the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous, the number one most successful non-medical solution to addictions of any kind, they have the famous 12 steps. Step number one, admit that you have a problem and you can actually live by and obey the first 11 laws. But if you fail to live law number 12 or step number 12, you'll start drinking again. You'll you fall back into addiction. And step number 12 is find another addict and help him or her. Reach out in your servant leadership. Awesome. So as we wind down our time here, what, uh, what would you drive five hours one way to say to somebody for free, Ken?
0: You can do it. You can do it. Any, Whatever is in your heart that God's put in your heart, whatever purpose you have, whatever your why is, you can just to breathe life and encouragement in that individual and let them know they can do it. Give them permission to go after that crazy Hag that's on the inside of their heart.
1: Randy, what would you drive five hours one way to say to somebody for free?
2: Uh, I, would, I would drive five hours, 10 hours, 20 hours. I'd fly around the world to share with somebody that they need to trust God. I really would. And that... Putting your trust in something bigger than yourself, that will increase your hope. Hope has a bigger circumference than faith. Mm. It'll increase your faith, and faith is a hope in things that are not seen, right? Faith is a hope in things that are not seen, so you got to have hope, faith, and then I would let them know, you know, that uh, trust God because he loves you, and and pray to him. Get on your hands and knees, and ask for a higher power to help you with whatever it is you're struggling with. I do that every morning and every night and I just thank God for every breath I have and thank God for my family and my friends. I would
1: drive around the world to tell that to anyone. So as your moderator, what comes to mind to tie both of your comments in together? What I've heard and what I watch in your lives. Faith without works is not faith at all. French philosopher Pascal said too many live their lives hoping to be happy but because they only hope they never really are it's like they're waiting for someone to ask them to the senior prom and they've never even taken the time to learn how to dance so he says faith he says hope which we believe but without do it you can do it we just sit around and keep going to seminar after seminar after seminar go after a degree after degree after degree because we're afraid to pull the trigger that's where your coaching comes in and that's what sets you apart that's why you two of all the people i've had in the studio you two individually and collectively represent the essence of what it takes to really be a coach go to that person the only place from which a person can grow is where he or she is we have to go where they're physically and emotionally and spiritually only there can we gently invite them to trust us and only there can we gently invite them to improve following your examples last question if you had one hour to live, what would you what would you say? What's your last lecture, Ken? What's your last lecture, Randy?
0: Wow, I would uh, I would remind my girls the three things that servant leaders do. I'd spend time with my babies. I'd spend time with my son-in-law. And I would I would again my thing for Randy would be you know never forget the price that Jesus paid for you. Never forget that God's love for you isn't predicated on your performance. He doesn't love you because of what you do. It's not a spiritual checklist. He loves you because he created you and you're a son or a daughter. Well, what do you say?
1: I, I feel like know. we need some organ music and have a call <laughs> i would I would say I would
2: say that never forget. That Dan Clark is the man. Yes, the man, come on, the legend, <laughs> so and he is. I wish I had his height. I wish you're I had seven. his looks. You know, a lot of times they are like, feet tall. That's, that's what I would. I would remind everybody. Uh, get the book Art of Significance. So I would tell them a lot of people. You know, a lot of people tell me when I get up on stage, you're not the best looking, but you're the most confident. <laughs> I love it. You know, when I walk in with Dan, Dan's the only person on this earth that I know. That can walk in a revolving door behind me and come out ahead. That <laughs> is what Dan Clark is. It's I mean, so I—that's what I would—I would remind everybody that read the good book of the artist significance, along with other great books, so and that's—that's uh, that's what I would. But how Randy Garn
0: would, was that answer? I know was <laughs> that I, not the, I know,
1: that I know. is See, you want to know who yeah. Randy Garn is? That's that's Randy Garn. I know it's always about somebody else, and I. I you call my wife when this <laughs> interview is over with them, please. Just record a message so so I can play it every five I days. will do that. Well, you know I will. <laughs> you know, to those who perhaps um, are not Christians, who don't appreciate the reference to a Jesus or something like that, I think it's important that we point out that truth is truth wherever it's found on Christian or any other religious ground. And that those of us in the studio, our producer, our friends from, from wherever, that as long as we're seekers of truth, which is what we've been talking about this entire interview, it can't offend anyone. And we could actually spend an entire week visiting every single religious tradition under the sun, and we would walk in, and if we spend enough time listening to the message, we would find some truth that resonates in our heart. To, to, to Randy's point, There's an opposition in all things. We have to have darkness to appreciate the light. We have to have sickness to appreciate health. We have to have justice to appreciate mercy. We have to have death to appreciate the sanctity of life. And those are true universal laws that we can't ever refute. Some things are true whether you believe them or not. Everybody's entitled to their own opinion, but nobody's entitled to the wrong facts, and we shouldn't believe everything that we think. So on that note, I appreciate you joining us. And I appreciate you actually giving us the secret sauce of what it takes to be a power player, to ignite the power within without competing against someone else, competing against yourself. How can we find you? How could we solicit you? How could we be one of those select individuals that are attracted to your coaching programs, to your magnificent events? Your relationship with Grant Cordone is phenomenal and we can talk about that in another day. It, it would be brought up obviously in the in the formal introduction, and Randy, everybody who's anybody has an affiliation program with you. You are the man. You really are the two biggest, most influential connectors on the planet. Unashamedly, tell us how we can join your tribe. How they can come to some of your masterminds. Yeah, it's, even it's, your even your titles move yeah. the needle. Yeah, you know whatever it's we the, call Grow Stack and Grow drive Stack it. Drive. Your yeah, our yeah. create
0: conference. We do a number one entrepreneur conference in the southeast. Um, it's at Dan Clark in my book. You can find it at the Law of Significance if you Google You're that. So funny! Um, yeah. no, I mean, <laughs> this is good. I like it. I like it. Keep going. You can find my book. <laughs> yeah, it's just at Ken Jocelyn. Um, but your new book came out.
1: we, we, yeah, we got yeah, the first copies there in Vegas. As, and as
0: the leader grows, I tell you what, you can grab a free copy at book.growstackdrive.com. You can download a digital copy for free. Um, we we give those away. It's again, it's one something for people. From. absolutely so at ken jocelyn on the instagram is the best place to catch us gross.drive.com um you can check out what we're doing
1: and randy teach us how do we join your tribe how do we in, invest in some of your events and, and hire you as a private coach wait 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 wait. <laughs> the other day wait 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 wait, the wait, wait 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 the other day i got through speaking they gave me this standing ovation. They were doing the wave of naming their future children after me. It was one of those knock-on-wood experiences that you would never freaking believe. Uh, and as soon as I finished, I'm backstage wiping the sweat from my brow, so proud of myself, so caught up in this amazing human being who just dazzled the freaking thousand people in the audience. And this guy comes backstage, and he says, You know Randy Gar?" And I'm like, Yes, I do. He says he's the best speaker I've ever heard. I'm like, That is wrong. <laughs> that is wrong so having uh, said that you owe it to yourself to I be at the feet it. of these two great uh, teachers and coaches randy tell us how to join your tribe and how to affiliate uh, with you and your friends
2: i love it dan if that is if that's wrong then i don't want this to be so right true, <laughs> baby. i think you just need to go to ken <laughs> and ask ken how to get a hold of me and uh You'll you'll find me there. No, I'm on uh, it's just Randy Garn on Instagram, so you can you can find me there, and and uh, you know you can uh, you can find me on the fly fishing stream once in a
0: while. I'm telling you what, Fridays, Saturdays. T- Dan, can I morning. say this? The one thing about Randy yeah. when you when you get on Randy's Instagram, it's never about Randy. I know it's always about all the other people that he's in a relationship with.
1: Yeah, I agree, and that's the lesson of life. Make everybody leave you saying, I like me best when I'm with you. I want to see you again. It's been a pleasure and an honor to have both of you in the studio at the same time. As I said, it's more than serendipitous. I think we were supposed to be together. I think the interview went in a completely different direction than perhaps any, any one of us thought it would because of the nature of our relationship and the energy that you put out. So, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you'll download and subscribe to this episode, especially Ken Jocelyn, J-O-S-L-I-N. Portuguese for awesome, human. And uh, Randy Garn, uh, the ten-foot-tall super stud, who has a heart bigger than anyone you'll ever meet, and the service before self mentality, both of you just touches my heart. Thanks. I, I count Thank you, dear friends, and take great great pride in calling you, my buddies. Thanks for joining us. Thank Thanks, you Dan. Honored, You're the best, man.
0: The views and opinions expressed on the Power Players podcast do not necessarily reflect those of KUTV or Sinclair
1: Broadcast Group.